Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. We don't take a meeting with you lightly, coming together from all the busyness of our days and lives, all kinds of jobs and backgrounds and circumstances, but gathered around you, Jesus. I thank you that you're our life, that you, Jesus, are to be the focus of everything that we are and do. And I thank you that we can meet together like this. Many other nations can't, but we appreciate so much drawing aside, taking this time as families and individuals to come and worship together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you that you are working, that you're always working. And I pray for eyes to see what you're doing this morning, that our hearts will be adjusted, our minds will be adjusted to you, to hear your voice, Lord. Be our shepherd in reality today. Let us hear what you're saying so that we know the direction our feet need to go in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, an amazing time to be alive in God. It's an amazing time. And uh, as we prayed at the beginning for what's happening with Israel and we prayed for God's plan and protection. I believe um, that it's really significant moment that we're alive in. And it's really significant that we hear from Jesus this morning together. And so we're going to look at a, a story in Matthew chapter 14. And it's just an amazing story. And because you've read it before, you might kind of be adjusted to think, I know that. But because it's so amazing, sometimes I think we can miss it because we've already heard it, but we don't actually hear it with our hearts and see ourselves walking in these verses in the way that Jesus wants us to see ourselves walking in his word. And um, it's, it's a time of turmoil in the ministry of Jesus. And there seemed to be a lot of turmoil around him anyway with all the religious leaders. But at this particular point, his cousin, John the Baptist, had been murdered, beheaded by the political leader of that day, Herod. And... It must have been easy to actually have felt overwhelmed that such a great man of God would die. Think of it. Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest prophet until Christ came. He was the forerunner of the ministry and the arrival of King Jesus. And this man was thrown in prison and then executed by a political leader. And Jesus had tried to get away on his own to pray, to be with his father. 
And scripture doesn't tell us what he was feeling or thinking in that moment, but he had experienced loss in losing this cousin and this great prophet of God. I can imagine that it would have been easy to say to his disciples, right, we're going to go after Herod. We know he didn't say that, but it would be really easy to get off focus because of the bad things that were happening in that day. And so Jesus needed to recalibrate, but he couldn't. He tried to get away on his own, but the multitudes followed him, and he had compassion on them, and he healed them all, And he fed them. That's a long day of ministry, feeling probably quite sad, grieving about what had happened, and also realizing the effect of sinful man and hate on good people's lives. We all see this in our world today, whether it's in Taunton or Israel at the moment. We see the effect of sin and hate on children, on people all over the world. So Jesus fed the multitudes, he healed the sick, and then he put his disciples in the boat. And it says he made them get in the boat and commanded them to go to the other side so that he could, for the second time, try and go up a mountain to be alone with his father. You say it's hard to get away to be with God. (laughs) I find it really difficult to find time to pray. Well, in reality, Jesus didn't have a lion. He had a whole lot of demands that he needed to meet. And at this point, he went to pray in the evening and he prayed through the night. And I believe that Jesus needed to be with his father, to recalibrate his heart and mind. How many of you know what I mean? That when bad things happen, rather than react, rather than respond to what those things are going on, happening around you, he took time and he refocused on God, his father. And he set his heart and mind straight. How many of you know being with God sets you right? Sometimes, you know, you're kind of like, this is wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. But when you get time alone with Jesus, in truth, not with your navel looking at yourself, but looking to Jesus, when you get time with God, things seem to kind of correct themselves. You get comforted, you get refreshed just by being with God. That's why Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Have time, because you're going to come out different. You're not only going to pray and see, ask for things to be changed, but you're going to change. And I believe that's what happened to Jesus on that mountain. Through the night, he had time with his father. And he recalibrated, he reset. Rather than going for the bad that was happening, 
God was able to repurpose him and say, look, just put that behind you. I've got stuff for you to do. Put these things to one side. Not that they're not important, but I've got things for you to do. So Jesus goes walking on the water to meet up with the disciples. The disciples had been obeying God by doing what he said, but they were finding life tough. But they just kept going even though it was tough. How many of you know there will be times in the Christian walk where you've just got to keep going even if it's tough? Take the next step. Keep rowing, keep moving in what God has said because that shows your conviction that you are a follower of Jesus and you're here to do his will. So they're struggling against, the winds were against them, it says. Let's just read from verse 25 for a few verses and just catch the story. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, They were troubled. (laughs) I think it's time for the church to get troubled by our visions of Jesus. Surprise! Some of us need to be surprised out of our comfort zones of what we think. Because Jesus is always broadening the way we think. Because he's bigger than we think. He's greater than we think. And so they cry out and say, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I. Do not be afraid. Mark's gospel says, puts one of the stories of Jesus walking on water, he walked as if to pass them by. And that word in the Greek means not exactly just to race them to the other side. I beat you. He actually wants to reveal himself in a new way in the conditions of turmoil. How when your lives are seemingly tossed one way and another, he wants to show himself to us. And that word to pass by means to reveal who God is to you and to communicate something for his plan and purpose for your life. Peter is a marvelous disciple because 11 stayed thinking, it's okay if Jesus does that, but I don't want to do that. I'm happy in my boat. I'm happy where I am. I'm comfortable. I know this experience, this little space that I live in. I know how to cross the water and it's in a boat. It's not walking on it. And anyway, I can't swim. But Peter begins to see something And as he sees Jesus, he says to Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter 
is seeing something that is affecting his mind and his internal imagination of what he could possibly do. Everything is changed by seeing Jesus walk in something he has never walked in. And as he sees, he sees inside, I want to do that. I'm talking to followers of Jesus this morning. When you see Jesus through the Gospels, when you read in your Bible the things that Jesus did, how many of you say, I want to do that? Is there anybody in the room that would say, this is what I want? No, not many? It's okay. One can change the whole world. Peter has his imagination changed. His view of the possibility of what you can do. Because Jesus said it. He said, this is what you can do, and so you can do it. So Jesus says, come. (laughs) I mean, Jesus says, come. He says, come on then. And I can imagine Jesus having the biggest smile on his face when Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. I think, I mean, I'm, this is preacher's license right now. So this is Pastor Judith's version. But I think Jesus was saying this to the Father. We've got one who wants to walk like we walk. This is why I came, to redeem people into a different supernatural walk. To not live an ordinary human-bound experience, but to live life in the power of God. And I can imagine Jesus smiling as he said, come. I don't think it was one of the religious things like, come. I think it was, come. I don't know how you read this, but I see Jesus so excited that one man wants to step out of that boat. One person can see something they've never seen before and say, I want in. The smile that lit up his face. We've got one. Who wants to do the same things Jesus does? Has anybody ever read John 14, 12? He who believes in me will do the same things I do and greater still. How many of you here believe in this word? Did Jesus say that or did he say that? Jesus said the same things. What is Peter doing when he steps out? He's doing the same thing. Where did he get the faith? Where did he get this mind and imagination that is full of the mind of Christ? By looking at Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith. 
in very imperfect conditions. In conditions that are not the Lord is my shepherd, he leads me by still waters conditions. In this particular point, it is not still waters. It's in the hassle and the turmoil of a day. (laughs) He sees because God reveals him, himself to Peter. And he speaks. And that word that came, because every word of God, every word that is heard in a different way than the 11 who heard the same word but didn't take it personally. How do you know you've got to take the word personally? You've got to take the word personally. If it's going to work in your life, you've got to take every promise personally. That's for me. That's for me. Is it here? That's for me. Every promise is yes, yes and amen for me. In Christ Jesus. So he hears a word. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing by the word of God. That's hearing in the current. It's so exciting. Because Peter starts to walk. And I can't imagine the journey. Boats have sides. You know that, don't you? Has anybody ever been there? Boats have sides, and you have to climb off the side. And I can't imagine what that would have felt like with the 11 disciples going, oh, we're about to lose him. None of them were great at swimming. The gasps and the, there could have even been comics, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Just don't do that. No, no, it doesn't make any sense getting out and walking, walking on what Jesus says. The Christian life doesn't make sense. Living for Jesus doesn't make sense. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, 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 don't be a radical Christian. For heaven's sake, stay in the boat. Peter climbs out. And the thing is, I don't even think he was particularly looking at where his feet were going. Imagine, imagine he, he's out, his foot's on the water, but he's looking at Jesus. And he starts to walk. He starts to walk. He begins to step out in faith. How many of you know what that feels like? Initially, great. It feels great to take new steps of faith, doesn't it? I am talking to Christians. I'll go this side. It feels great to take new steps of faith. See, God has been doing new things here. He's doing it all over the world. But we are in exciting supernatural days. And many of you have had the reality of encounter with God in fresh ways. Hello, anybody want to say yes and amen? Seeing Jesus in new lights as he reveals himself to us and hearing his voice and reimagining your life walking different. 
Personally, I have seen and heard things that my imagination has blown off the charts in this last month. I'm so excited. I used to be bored with myself. I'm not anymore because God has revealed to himself, to me to himself, that I can do the same works as Jesus. You ain't going to stop me. Nobody's going to stop me because I believe the words of Jesus. But what I'm really excited about is it's about you, not just me. A church. You, as an individual, will do the same works as Jesus and greater still in your world, in your journey. The boat talkers will talk. The water walkers will walk. But you know, in this experience of taking a new step, even though he began to sink, and I don't know what that looks like, it says when he saw the waves, he began to say, I've never seen anybody begin. I've seen them just go straight down. Oh, I'm beginning to sink. That looked really weird in the swimming pool. Oh, I'm beginning to sink. Like step by step. But that's because faith and doubt. Faith was an operation and doubt through fear started to creep in and slowly eroding his faith. Because Jesus says, why did you doubt? You have little faith. Little faith to walk on water. Sorry, guys, Jesus says, walking on water is little faith. It's all right, Lord, we'll come there. We'll come up to your way of thinking. But I actually, currently, I think this is great faith. But you say it's little. Greater is he in you than he that is in the world. Who is in you? We've been singing way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the dark. That one. That God is in you. Oh, how exciting. Reimagining our world to walk as Jesus walked. Doing the things that Jesus says we can do. This is what God's doing. Fresh encounters. Expect them. You know, we're so excited to hear about what's happening with our children. Uh, James shared some of the pictures of encounter last week that our children were writing down. Things that they were receiving from the Lord. God wants all his children, older ones too, to be writing down what they're seeing about Jesus and what his great plans are for their lives. We've got children shouting. I I won't say who because I haven't asked permission, but it's okay to say this. Saying, I can't get this out of my head. I can't get it out of my head. 
that man, what that man said, truly this is the son of God, the centurion at the cross he was meaning, this little kid, truly this man is the son of God, shouting around the house, truly this man is the son of God, because he's seeing that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that's, that's incredible, I can't get it out of my head, God is working, God is working, and the thing is, you can move with him or stay in the boat. And I would recommend you get out. Because that's where the power and the supernatural provision and grace of God is. But <laughs> the sinking began when Peter took his eyes off Jesus and it says he saw that the wind was boisterous. Now, wind causes waves to stir up, okay? So I think they'd have all been wet. Crash. I can't do that. But anyway, you know what I mean. The noise. Can you hear it? Can you, can you imagine that? The boat. Somebody would have had to take a seasick tablet because it would have been up, down, up, down, up, down. You'd see a bit of Jesus, you'd be back down, then you'd come back up. For real. Can you not see into the story and make it real? This is a real thing that happened. I mean, we're going... It's wonderful when you really realize what was going on. Because Jesus is in dominion over all creation. Nothing's ever going to beat him. <clears throat> Beginning to sink when he saw the waves. You know, this word, this, this comment when he saw that the wind was boisterous, this comment hit my spirit strongly this week. And this is the core of the message today. If you don't go away with anything, go away with this. When Peter saw the effect of the wind, when he began to see the effect of the conditions around him, he changed his focus because he started to look in a different direction. If you can imagine, that window over there is Jesus. And he's walking on water. The noise and the waves are trying to get his attention. Peter's. What did he do? He shifted. And as soon as you shift, you sink. As soon as you take your eyes off Jesus and what he has said... The conditions around you will become overwhelming and you will start to go down. And if anything that I could get over to you to this, morning, this morning is we are walking in new things. We are walking in new things in God. God is moving in a different way amongst us. Don't take your eyes off Jesus and don't allow the conditions to get your focus. 
Don't let the noise of the enemy. With everything that's going on in the world, let alone our own personal worlds. You might have a marriage issue. You might have health issues. You might have all kinds of noise going on at work. But there's also the wider picture of wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, all kinds of problems with the economy. There we are heading into, guys, adverse winds. We're going into adverse times. Difficult times where human strength won't get you to where God is calling you to go. But God himself is able to take you to the other side in a very supernatural way, in a miraculous way. But his voice is speaking this morning, having begun, don't get off focus. Don't allow the conditions to affect you. This week, we have had one thing after another to take our focus away. People in great difficulty, challenges as a leader, big challenges that we're facing in our leadership of the church. And yet, in all of these things, I have decided to stick with Jesus and what he's saying. You don't know the value of that, but it's huge. I have made a choice. You see, you can make a choice. Peter did. He could have stuck with looking to Jesus or... And I, do you know, I think we're the most rubbernecking generation there is. Do you know what that word means? When we drive on the motorway, you see there's an accident. That's why all the traffic slows. Everything slows down because everybody's looking over there. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. I know you know it, but it's a different matter to fix them on him. Because he is going to do the supernatural thing that is necessary for you to move forward. Visualize yourself in walking as Jesus walked. Continue to think of yourself doing what Jesus did. God wants an army of healers. He wants an army who will go and preach the gospel and tell everybody the good news. See yourself walking in new things in God because he's calling you to come and follow him wherever he is leading you. When he saw the effects of the war, of everything that's going on, when he saw the wind, the waves, the problems, the issues, the the things that create fear and anxiety. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus said, trust in God, trust also in me. I'm gonna finish with a scripture. 
because we need to maintain our walk and not sink. How many of you don't want to? I, I don't want to sink. I don't want to go down. Um, I know Jesus is merciful and wants to save me, but I have have set my course to follow him. And our hearts are fixed on Jesus and what he asks us to do. Isaiah 26, let's look at this. You'll know it well. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. You will keep him whose mind, that word is imagination in the Hebrew. Your mind is your imagination. The way you're thinking about your life If it's set on him and what he says, you will stay at peace. Peter went into fear because he looked at the conditions. Jesus is able to keep us in peace and walking in what he has asked us to do. We are in exciting days. The enemy wants to bully you back into that boat. He's a bully. He wants to set up scenarios all around you where you stop walking by faith and you start to react to the conditions in your life. The way you feel, what people say, what people say you shouldn't be doing following Jesus. Jesus is radical to follow. How do you know that? If you truly are going to follow him rather than just say yes in the prayer, it's going to take a different walk. But it's an exciting adventure of great things. And greater still. I'm going to finish with a story. And I think uh, Pastor Andrew told me this story. And I hope I get some of the details right. There was a young girl who at the age of six six, began to get uh, pain in her legs. So much so that she couldn't walk uh, on the soles of her feet. And she was in a wheelchair. And her family, they were a Christian family. But they hadn't heard about believing the word, believing what Jesus has already done on the cross for them. And uh, this girl wanted to go to the mountains and for our, on holiday because she loved to look at the mountains. So they wheeled her up into a, a lift and took her up to the high mountains. But in that place, there was a Christian ministry. And she caught a word from... God in that time, from 1 Peter 2.24, that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And she began to meditate on that one word in her wheelchair. Nothing changed, but on the inside, everything had changed. Just like Peter in the boat. On the inside, everything had changed. Because he began to see life from God's perspective. And this girl, as she meditated on the word, she just decided one day that she was healed. And so 
remember agony. She could not put her sole, sole of her foot down on the ground. And she stepped out, took the first step, no pain. She took the second step, agony. The symptoms seem to try to dictate something that was different to what Jesus said. So she decided she wouldn't stop with the second step because she believed she was healed. So she took a third step, no pain, fourth, and she's running around today like an ordinary teenager. You see, if you're going to respond to what you feel all the time, you won't walk in the word because the conditions will be against you. If you run, if you, if you step out into the things that God says about your finances, promises that he gives you about your kids, even though you can't see your kids following the Lord, you have a word. You have a word. Keep your eyes on Jesus and keep speaking that word because God is able to do far more than we could ask or imagine. The enemy wants us back in our chairs. Jesus wants to walk by faith in everything he said we could do. I'm excited. We're seeing signs, wonders. We're hearing about the outbreak of God in people's lives. And we're seeing a church raised up who genuinely are being a witness in the community. And at the end of all this, Jesus arrived to the other side because there was a new crowd that needed to hear the good news. And he healed the sick there. You know, the end of every challenge and everything that's going on, Jesus is taking us to new people so that we can tell them the good news about Jesus. That's where it's all going. Because in the end, that's what matters, is that the world hears the good news of Jesus Christ. He could have been put off by Herod, and all the bad things that happened to good people. He, he could have been put off by the waves. Or Peter could have been put off by the conditions. But my goodness me, he began to walk. And God is saying today, don't just begin, continue. Continue to walk by faith in your conviction of what you believe. I've spoken to you. Hold on to it and fix your thoughts. I am going to finish with this. You remember, um, I don't know if you've only seen a horse with blinkers on. These leather covers on uh, the side of the eyes so that the horse can only see straight ahead. So two blinkers either side. So that if anything's cracking off over here, they can't see. And I think spiritually speaking, we've got to get our blinkers on so that we only look to Jesus and what he is saying, and walk in the power of the supernatural life of God. God has an adventure. Some of you don't look up for it, but you are up for it. God has an adventure for you. 
and he has new steps for you to take. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Tell somebody next to you, I've taken a step, I'm not going back. <laughs> Amen. I've taken steps of faith, I'm not going back. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like you to just, in your heart with the Lord, just identify something that you can't do that God is calling you into. that he's spoken to you about. He's revealed himself to you and said, look, this is where I want you to walk. This is what I want you to do. And I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna communicate what that is. He is the God who reveals himself to you and speaks to you. But it will involve the same works as Jesus. That's the remit in which it fits. Also, as you do that, just say, Lord, help me to keep my eyes there on you and what you're saying and not be affected by the trouble and the conditions around. The noise and the danger of our times Lord, we don't want danger to lead us, turmoil to lead us. We want you to lead us. Come, good shepherd, and shepherd us as your people. Come, Lord, and speak into every situation so that we can receive faith to walk differently. In a world that can't imagine what it's like to be a follower. Lord, may we show them. And may they see our lives and say, that is extraordinary. I've never seen anybody like that in my experience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Just lift your hands and invite the Holy Spirit to continue to reveal who Jesus is to you and what he has for you to walk in. Thank you, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord. Just ask him. Come and open the eyes of my heart that I know the hope of my calling, the riches of your inheritance in me and the greatness of your power towards those who believe. I just want to thank you for what you're doing, Father. Thank you, like Jesus, that we can't do anything without you, but we can do amazing things with you, that you're calling us into an adventure and a walk by faith. I pray that we will know you in this, in new ways. In this season of turmoil, Lord, my brothers and sisters, some of them are, are in great turmoil. I just ask, Lord, reveal yourself to them. May they hear your voice and step out on a word from you. Thank you, Lord, you're able to keep in perfect peace 
those whose minds are fixed on you because we trust in you. We're trusting in you. Just tell him, Lord, I trust you. I trust you that you're able to keep me. You're able to preserve me. You're able to lead me in this time of turmoil all around so that we can walk as Jesus walked. Thank you. You're changing and moving the boundaries of my expectations, expanding the limitations so that I can see my life in your purpose. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray for us as a church that we be blinkered in a good way. That our eyes will be continually upon you day and night. At work this week, blinkered, looking to Jesus. Walking in what you say to do. Because that's where the victory and the power is. Thank you, Lord, for this word that you've given us this morning. To not be affected by the winds, but to be affected by Jesus and his word. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.